It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Makadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro here inside the Makadoo's studio. Before we get to Gotcha Covered, Valentine's in the Valley, everybody. Win the ultimate Valentine's Day uh, from us here at WRAD. Treat someone special in your life with this package that you can win simply by registering. Pandora Valentine's Necklace from PR Sturgill Fine Jewelry in, R- in Radford. Now, I know if you're anything like me, uh, I don't know what to look for in jewelry. And it would be awesome to just have someone kind of uh, fix that up for me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, dinner at Preston's at the River Course. I like food. Oh, me too. Uh, a makeover at Inside Out Salon in Christiansburg. Again, that would be something that I wouldn't know how to go about purchasing myself. So we're just going to give it to you if you win. I mean, you could, uh, get, you could get yourself a nice perm or something. You know? <laughs> it wouldn't be for me. I, 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 got, a, I got a wife that I could send. Uh, golf for four at the Pete Dye River Course, including carts and green fees. I would keep that one for myself. I've never uh, been golf. Been, you've never been golfed? Golfing. No. Never went golfing. We'll have to fix that. Maybe we'll win this and fix that. Uh, <laughs> treats from the Blue Ridge. Actually, we're ineligible. I should just get that out of the way. Uh, treats from the Blue Ridge Fudge Lady Shop in Pulaski as well. Have you ever had fudge? Fudge is delicious. There you go. We got we got one for Lobro. Uh, he'd give it. He'd give everything else to to the, the special person in his life, but he's keeping the fudge. Uh, to register for Valentine's in the Valley, simply sign up online at wradradio.com by February 9th. That's wradradio.com by February 9th at midnight, and you could win that ultimate Valentine's Day prize pack from the WRAD Talk Network. Once again, Pandora Valentine's Necklace from PR Sturgill Fine Jewelry in Radford. Dinner at Preston's at the River Course. A makeover at Inside Out Salon in Christiansburg. Golf for four at the Pete Dye River Course, including cart and greens fees. And treats from the Blue Ridge Fudge Lady Shop in Pulaski. There you go. That's awesome. So now that you're covered up on the, the ultimate prize for Valentine's Day, Valentine's in the Valley, let's get you covered up on everything going on in the sports world. We've got you covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And as we continue to break down the after effects of a Super Bowl that took place on Sunday, we look towards the future and see, well, the Chiefs dynasty may just be getting started. I've long said that if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you need to either have a first ballot Hall of Famer or a quarterback on a rookie contract. So you have to look at Patrick Mahomes and say, which is he? How did they win this game? Is it because of his rookie contract or is it because he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? I'll tell you this much. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So even if the Chiefs go ahead and break the bank and give him the largest contract in NFL history and give him $100 million guaranteed and $200 million overall, and they give him $40 million a year to just shatter every single different record when it comes to paying a quarterback, he is still good enough that they can build around him with whatever money is left on the salary cap and get back to the big game. Will it be as easy as it was this year, knowing that you had $14 million to spend on on Sammy Watkins or a boatload of money to spend on Frank Clark? No, but the dynasty window is still open. Also, now that football is in our rearview mirror, we can look at a baseball story that has been festering right under our noses. Mookie Betts, the all-world, all-star 
for the, the Boston Red Sox, former World Series champion, one of the best players in the world. Matter of fact, if you take Mike Trout and put him on Mars, then Mookie Betts becomes the best player on Earth. The Red Sox are really considering trading Mookie Betts, which is just unheard of for a major market team to essentially salary dump the best player on their team. And make no mistake about it, he is the best player on their team. I hate this move. Why? Because they're already paying David Price $32 million per year over the next three. Chris Sale, $145 million over the next five. Xander Bogarts, $20 million per year over the next six. J.D. Martinez, $60-plus million over the next three. Nathan Eovaldi, $17 million per year over the next three. Even Dustin Pedroia is getting $25 million over the next two years. And without Mookie Betts, you're spending all of that money for nothing because you will not convince me that Mookie Betts is not absolutely quintessential, absolutely necessary for the Red Sox to win another World Series. Otherwise, you're just spending all that money to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. ACC roundup action here. Chase Bryce, former highly heralded recruit, a quarterback that signed with Clemson, who in the meantime has been leapfrogged by the younger player Trevor Lawrence, has backed up Trevor Lawrence for each of the last two years, has decided to transfer. Not only that, has decided where he's transferring. And later this year, he will uh, enroll at Duke with two years of immediate eligibility remaining after graduating from Clemson and being a graduate transfer. This is a match made in heaven for Duke and Bryce. Uh, David Cutcliffe, the head coach of Duke, needed experience at the quarterback position where he returns only one player on the roster that has thrown a pass with Quentin Harris's departure. Meanwhile, Chase Bryce gets an opportunity to work with a quarterback whisperer, quarterback guru, and stay in the ACC. If you're Virginia Tech, it's a bit of a bummer because you're playing Duke on November 21st on the second to last game and you want them to be as beatable as possible, but now you'll just have to beat Chase Bryce as he takes over the reins. Tonight for the Hokies, uh, Georgia Tech basketball at Georgia Tech. Uh, the, the, the Georgia Tech squad is 10-12 and 12 on the year, 4-7 and seven in the ACC. But Virginia Tech at the moment not in a place to look down upon anybody. Uh, they are coming off three straight losses, Boston College, Miami, and Florida State, looking for a get-back game. Unfortunately, when you play in the ACC, there are no in-conference get-back games. There are no in-conference tune-up games. So even with Georgia Tech being a bottom feeder in the league, Virginia Tech still has to bring their A game to beat DeVoe and Wright and Banks and Alvarado, four guys that play for Georgia Tech, all averaging double figures. It's the first time the Hokies have seen that this season. Looking elsewhere quickly here, uh, the Chiefs window we already talked about. Uh, Lamar Jackson, a un, excuse me, a unanimous MVP. Have yet to mention that, and it is worth mentioning. His season this year is absolutely incredible. I look at a few uh, similarities to Patrick Mahomes' ascent. Second year in the league, MVP, but a disappointing uh, loss in the playoffs. That's both for Patrick Mahomes and for Lamar Jackson. What happened in the third year for Patrick Mahomes? He put it all together, maybe with a little less individual hype, but even more team success. He becomes a Super Bowl MVP, a champion, and solidifies his spot amongst the top of the league. Lamar Jackson will now have the opportunity to do that last year in a very similar vein to another uh, athletic unusuality in Patrick Mahomes. Tim Donnelly Show, continuing here, following Gotcha Covered. And it's not just any old day. It's Tuesday, February 4th, 714. A lot of fours. 
Yeah. Well, we just had yesterday. You brought it up. The palindrome day. Yeah. We oh, had uh, 02, 02, 2020, which is forward and backward, which I saw something. Am I, do, I need to write it down. Um, everyone was saying that we're not going to have another for like 100 years. Is, is 12, 02, 2021, does that not count? I need to write that down too. 1, 2, 02, 2, I think that works. I saw everyone going crazy about, oh, we're not going to have another one of these for over a century. But I'm pretty sure December 2nd, 2021. 12-02-2021. Am I, am I crazy? Hang on a second. All right, wait. I feel, I feel like we should be able to do this quicker than this, but it's one of those things like, you know, on your test when, when you double check even like 8 plus 8 with the calculator to make sure you're doing it right. Oh, man, I'm, I'm worried I'm not even writing it down right now. 12-02-2021. Okay, so 12. Oh, my goodness, 12-02. Yeah, you're right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. So, so. Ha. Take that. We have a year and two months till it happens again. Yeah. No, sorry. A year but, and 10 months. Yeah. I was going to say, you got that wrong. I, I, I did plus two instead of minus two. They're both, they're both two numbers that start with a T and they have three letters in the title. So, or the word. So it's all good. Year and 10 months. Um, let's jump, go ahead and jump into the, the top four. It's Top Tuesdays with Tim Donnelly. Here's your top four. All right, top four. We've done this every single Hokey Hour top four for a long time. Uh, It is very simply top four reasons for optimism within Hokey basketball. And, and there's been some, some movement as of late that we haven't seen uh, very recently uh, on this list, but it's, it's been fun to watch it develop. Number four. <laughs> Naheem Aline and Hunter Couture developing their offensive games. And, and Naheem Aline might, might sound backwards, right? Because he was uh, scoring a lot more in the non-conference uh, and he, he's moved kind of far back. But I actually think his offensive game is getting better. He's getting more assertive. He's learning when it's his opportunity to take the ball to the rack, as we saw with the dunk we talked about earlier. When Naheem Aline gets his offense going, this offense really, really helps. Hunter Couture is someone that needs to learn also when it's his opportunity to step up, and he's learning that. If you look at the Florida State game, those were the two guys – um, outside of someone that's going to be later on this list, that were were kind of the big catalysts. Hunter Couture knocking down threes, caught absolute fire early on. Um, we're going to need that. If you're a Hokey fan, you're going to need that. Um, Hunter Couture is, is going to have to be a sharpshooter for you. As P.J. Horn's shooting has dipped, you need guys like Hunter Couture who were brought into this program because of their ability to shoot to start knocking them down at a higher clip. Those two are huge reasons for optimism if they continue to develop their offensive games. Number three. Landers Nolly at three. Now, now hear me out. Hear me out. I think 
the program, the fan base, even himself, asked a little much of him early on. You were asking him to essentially be the entire offense in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and there have been maybe 10 guys all time that could could wear that entire responsibility on their shoulders and not crumble a bit. He's still on the list of optimism. It's not like I'm putting him on the pessimism list. I'm not putting him on the list of concerns. He's still on the list of optimism. He's just number three because I I almost want to take some pressure off him. I think we may have heaped a little bit too much. Like he scored 30 points against Clemson in game number one, and we all went, he's averaging 35. He's going to score half the points for the Hokies this entire season. He's the best thing since. It's like, all right, you know what? Let's calm down. Let's let him get back into the flow of the offense, score a little bit more efficiently, continue to look for his shot, but be a little bit more efficient about it. Uh, He's number three. Number two. Jalen Cohn's shooting. I could watch this, this guy shoot all day. He is someone that grew up in the Steph Curry era. Right, he, he can pull up from anywhere. He's a bit undersized, so he negates that by simply shooting further. I want to see this guy with the full green light. I want to see him go Jimmer at BYU, uh, go Steph at, at Davidson, go Buddy Heald at Oklahoma. I want to see this guy just get an offense that is completely designed around him working off screens and shooting it because this guy's stroke is as pure as they come. This guy's shooting ability is as pure as they come. Every time he shoots it, I want to go bang, bang, splash. I just want to be the guy who's like his hype man. Number one. You ready to clap, low bro? Tyrese Radford. Tyrese Radford. Wait, I almost feel like we're betraying the whole like Landers no, no, Nolly no, thing. No, no, we no. usually chant his name. It, it, Tyrese Radford has earned it. Wow. Earned it. And it's his ability to drive and slash and get to the bucket that gets me the most excited. This is from Mike Young, according to Mike Barber. Uh, now I, This is Mike Young talking. Now I find myself thinking in private moments, how can we get him the ball in areas where he can just drive someone? Tyrese Radford is 6'1", and his coach is dreaming up scenarios where he can just drive and physicality and punish people and get to the rim and slash and finish and use his layup package. Tyrese Radford is a a diamond that we are just starting to polish. He He was in the rough, right? Didn't have all of the big offers. Had to redshirt due to academics. Started the season maybe behind a couple guys, but he's behind no one right now. He's rebounding exceptionally well. He's scoring exceptionally well. Tyrese Radford is reason for optimism big time, and he's made himself not only integral to this season's Hokies, he's made himself integral to the the future of the Hokies. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, these same Hokies we were just talking about are playing Georgia Tech tonight. We'll preview it next. Sports in the NRV just got a wake-up call. Wake up! The Tim Donnelly Show continues next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing here on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM as well. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro. Uh, Lobro, we haven't done this in a while. Let's go ahead and give him a half-hearted weather update. Oh, man. 
Uh, I love see. that reaction. Uh, well, it's cloudy outside, Tim, so uh, it kind of looks like it might rain. I was going to say, probably... what is it looking like over there over that hill? Yeah, it's starting to look like it might like rain and stuff, uh, but that could just be that the sun just hasn't come out. Well, I mean, the sun's out, but it's it's still hidden behind the clouds. The clouds haven't decided to open up just yet, but uh, it looks so, like it so, might rain. So just to, to summarize, it looks like it's going to rain, but that might just be because the sun hasn't risen yet, even though the sun has risen. That, that, that's, that is I what think I that's said. what that you is, said. Okay, all right. I just but to make but sure. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a weather textbook, though, so I, I don't exactly know how all this works. And in case you didn't know, he's not a weather textbook. Or a <laughs> licensed meteorologist. As if you couldn't tell. Uh, tonight at Georgia Tech, the Hokies, once again, an ACC game. Um, and, and this is what I'm talking about when I say the ACC is a meat grinder, right? Virginia Tech's lost three straight. What they wouldn't give to play a soup can. Right, what they wouldn't give to play a scrub where they could just get themselves a win, right? And and be up fifteen points at halftime. What they wouldn't give to just get one of those games to get all their freshmen recalibrated. But that doesn't happen in this conference, right? It's why you come play in this conference, because every single game is real. You look at Georgia Tech, you think, all right, they're four and seven in the ACC, they're ten and twelve overall. This is probably a game where the Hokies could uh, get back on track, right? They're not Florida State, which is their, the last opponent for the Hokies. They're coming off a loss to Notre Dame. But it's simply not how it works. The, the Georgia Tech uh, team has four double-digit scores. DeVoe scores 16, Wright scores 13, Banks scores 10, Alvarado scores 13, and you can toss in a few additional statistics. Wright and Banks each 6'9", which means they are taller than everyone on the Hokies that isn't named John Ogiaco, who hasn't been playing huge minutes. Um, Wright and Banks each average essentially 7.5 rebounds a game, Alvarado 4.2 assists a game. This is a team that has players that can flat-out play in the Atlantic Coast Conference just like every team in the Atlantic Coast Conference. So if you are Virginia Tech and you're looking for that get-back game, right? if you're looking for that, that Rhode Island in the middle of the schedule, it's not coming. It's not. Flat-out, point-blank period. It's not on the way. You're going to have to beat a team like Georgia Tech to get back on rhythm so you can go beat the top, head, top half of the ACC. You're going to have to play really well if you want to play well against the good teams. I stand by it. I said at the beginning of the season, I thought the Hokies were going to knock off two top 10 teams. Now, at the time, I thought North Carolina would be a top 10 team. They're obviously not. They got one against Michigan State. I think Virginia Tech has one more in them, one more huge upset in them, but they have to use one of these lesser games, like a Georgia Tech, like they have tonight, to get back on track. Right? They've lost their last three. They lost four of their last five. Something's wrong with the axle. They need to get realigned, and then they, then they can knock off that, that second top 10 team and prove my, my prediction correct, which is really all I care about. No, that's not true. I want them to get it back on track because I want the Hokies to win. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, time for our favorite segment of Hokie Hour, time for Hashtag Hokies next.
Tim Donnelly show continuing here on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, AM as well. Want to remind everybody about the Valentine's in the Valley. Win the ultimate Valentine's Day. Uh, Treat that someone special in your life this Valentine's by registering to win at WRADradio.com by February 9th at midnight, uh, which is in five days, but don't wait. Do it now. Uh, Sign up at WRADradio.com by February 9th, and you could win a Pandora's Valentine necklace from PR Sturgill Fine Jewelry in Radford, dinner at Preston's at the River Course, a makeover at Inside Out Salon in Christiansburg, golf for four at the Pete Dye River Course, including cart and greens fees, and treats from the Blue Ridge Fudge Lady Shop in Pulaski. All of that. that those aren't five individual prizes. That's one gigantic prize. If you want to be the absolute hero this Valentine's Day, go to WRADradio.com by February 9th at midnight, and you could win the ultimate Valentine's Day prize pack from the WRAD Talk Network. Now, um, you know what? Let's just jump into it. It's time for Hashtag Hokies. Now, as you know, if you tune into the show, you know this. I know Lobro knows this. I try to make it clear. We don't get political on this show, right? We don't do any of that. But one thing I will say, and this isn't even just politics. This is like a, a commentary on society. Sometimes I think we need to consciously remind ourselves of the good, right? When you just get, you're getting just pestered with anger, bad negativity, this news story about a tragedy, that news story about a tragedy, this friend's gossiping negatively about a friend, that friend's gossiping, neg- uh, gossiping negatively about the first friend. Sometimes we just need to take a step back and remember the good, right? It's why like cute kid videos go so crazy viral. Because it's just 15 seconds of, of putting a smile on your face and everybody gets addicted to that stuff. So I'm going to try during this hashtag Hokies to just put positive energy into the world. Right? Novel concept. And hopefully that all of you aren't, aren't going, ah, I don't want to hear this and you're turning off your radio. Right? Because if you keep the radio on for all the bad stuff, then let's keep the radio on for the good stuff. Quincy Patterson and James Mitchell. James Mitchell, stud tight end. Quincy Patterson, backup quarterback who became a a bit of a folk hero this past season based on the the University of North Carolina game. Two guys who my guess are pretty big men on campus for Virginia Tech, right? They're guys who, when they walk around and they're wearing their Virginia Tech gear, people know who they are, right? They probably sign autographs kind of often when they're out and about. James Mitchell made a connection with a youngster, right? A kid. Youth, youth athlete. During the season, right? The kid shows up to events, shows up to games. James Mitchell keeps seeing him and eventually makes a connection with him, right? To the point where the parents somehow have his contact info. I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's, it's uh, um, I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's, if they, they went as far as having cell phone numbers. I don't know. But the, the kid's parents eventually... Um, eventually end up inviting James to come to one of the kids' youth sports games. James Mitchell not only shows up, which is awesome, right? Imagine being a kid and having James Mitchell, who plays at Lane Stadium on Saturdays, makes huge plays, probably going to end up in the NFL someday, show up to your youth basketball game. But he brings his buddy, Quincy Patterson. Think about that. 
Think about how awesome that would be for the kid. And and then on top of that, they they not only and this is coming from Vinton Messenger, uh, who who was reporting from the eleven year old rec league basketball game um that took place at, I believe, William Byrd High School. Uh and 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 oh sorry, the Tonys invited James to a rec league game at William Byrd Middle School. Okay. Shows up. Not only did they enthusiastically watch the game, Quincy Patterson and James Mitchell, they hung around afterwards to talk with and take a photo with every single child, parent, and coach that asked. And Quincy topped off the excitement for Nicholas by by spending a half hour or so passing the football around with him afterwards. These are two guys who, like I said, they're, they're big men on campus, right? They could have been hanging out with friends. They could have been using their free time to play video games. They could have been uh, puffing up their chest and saying they're too cool. They didn't do it. And it's a credit to the Virginia Tech program that they're creating young men that understand the impact they can have on the community simply by their presence, simply by showing up. And you know what those kids are all probably doing? Asking their dad, asking their, their uncle, their mom, asking their friends, can we go throw the football outside? Can we go play basketball? James Mitchell said my jumper was awesome. Quincy Patterson threw the ball with me. Like that is the type of stuff that you can't put a price on. And, and it's, it's rare that you realize that you have that power within that, that, that moment, right? When you still have it. So give those two credit. Another thing that, that happened on, on, I saw on Twitter, uh, Dalton Keene, uh, who has announced he's going pro, but I think we all still affectionately refer to him as a hokey. Uh, Dalton Keene signed something for a dad to give to his son on gotcha day. Uh, for those of you that don't know what gotcha day is, um, it's essentially a celebration of the day when parents adopted a, a child. So you celebrate the birthday and you celebrate the gotcha day, the day where you became a family. So, so a dad, um, got Dalton Keene to sign something for someone that, uh, for his son, that was a big fan. And Dalton Keene not only wrote, you know, thank you to the, the name and I, I'm forgetting the name and I don't even know if it would be appropriate to say thank you to blank for being my number one fan, Dalton Keene, not only signed it, but then when the dad posted videos and pictures of it, of the kid on social media, Dalton Keene responded on social media. It takes so, so little for these players to greatly impact the community around, but, but it still takes the effort, right? Sending out a tweet. Think of how quick we, we all – sending a text. Think of how quick we all do it, right? And here's the – you want to know the number one best part about this, the reason why it stuck out to me. None of this was made public by Virginia Tech. None of this was made public by the players themselves, right? It, any kind of, of philanthropy is awesome, right? Anytime anyone does anything to make a kid's day brighter, to make a hospital patient's day brighter, to make a, a, a person who's, who's dealing with tough things day brighter, I'm all in, right? I'm never going to sit back and say, that's not cool. But it's a little less cool when the celebrity brings their own cameras with them. Yeah, it's kind of like you're doing this for your image. It's a little less cool when it's all over the news the next day and all over their own social media the next day. The fact that these guys are doing these things 
and it's only becoming part of the public uh, awareness because of the the people who had the good deeds done for them going public makes me wonder how many times this team is doing great deeds and making kids days and 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 you know being a a tremendous individual and we just never hear of it and that's a credit to the Virginia Tech program right it's it's one of those deals uh the Kobe Bryant passing recently suddenly there was an influx of stories of Kobe Bryant going to hospitals when he was on the road talking with with families fulfilling make a wish obligations and and there was actually one story that came from someone within the the Lakers organization who said that that she had a family friend in a hospital I think it was Oklahoma City and basically was friendly enough with Kobe through her role with the team that she said hey listen um you know we have an off day in Oklahoma City coming up can you stop by for 10 minutes it would mean the world to me it would mean the world to this kid uh this illness that illness whatever it was Kobe not only showed up didn't tell the PR team that he was showing up, didn't tell the security team that he was showing up, just showed up, tossed the basketball with him around in the hospital, brought signed stuff, stayed with him for a couple hours, and ended up getting in trouble from the PR team, the marketing team for the Lakers for not letting him know he was doing this, but he didn't want them there. So he took the, I mean, I'm sure getting in trouble for Kobe with the Lakers is like, don't do that. And he says like, listen, I'm Kobe, get out of here. But, uh, <laughs> But, he is the highest form yeah, of authority. It's, it's like getting in trouble with the C, the, trying to yell at the CEO. It's like you might get his ear for 10 seconds, but you're not going to have it for a minute. Um, but still, it's like those things are cool when, when you realize it's not about the publicity. It's genuinely about the good deed. And from all intents and purposes, from all outside viewpoints, it looks like what Quincy Patterson did, what James Mitchell did, and what Dalton Keene did, um, and, and I'm sure dozens of others behind the scenes, they did it for the good deed rather than for the the publicity that comes along with good deeds. So I just wanted to put a little positivity out in the world. Wanted to acknowledge some guys for doing some good stuff before we get back to, you know, the negatives and gosh, why don't we call better plays? Just want to put some some good out into the world. Take a break when we come back. More of that basketball game against Georgia Tech tonight. First time this season. I'm asking for a few changes from this team. First time. Next is something yeah we missed you so much download the tim donnelly show podcast available wherever you get your podcasts tim donnelly show continuing here on the talk of the new river valley wrad 101.7 103.5 1460 a.m as well lobro and i were just talking during the commercial break about how excited we are for tomorrow uh right about this time about uh, uh, a full day from 10 minutes from now we are going to be joined by bill roth as well as Luis Baker from the Baker team over at Long and Foster for the Roth Report. Um, and it, it's going to be a really fun show. Every time we get Luis in here, we're going to have some Virginia Tech talk. Um, she is a, a true blue Chicago maroon and orange. So I guess it's not true blue. It's true Chicago maroon and orange uh, fan, uh, which, which is, is fun. I mean, last time, we've got, last time she was in the studio, we got into um, scheduling to make the home schedule more, more exciting for fans. We got into the future of the program. Uh, and then, of course, Bill Roth brings decades and decades of, of experience in uh, not only Virginia Tech, but in college sports. And, and um, he brings insight that, that we all appreciate every week. So that's coming up tomorrow at 8 o'clock right here on WRAD. Uh, make sure you, you don't miss that one. Um, basketball versus Georgia Tech tonight. This is the first time 
and I and I don't say this lightly. This is the first time I am looking for changes to the Virginia Tech basketball team, right? They started off so on fire, right? Getting a couple games over 500 in the Atlantic Coast Conference, beating Michigan State out there in Maui, beating Clemson to open the season. They started off so on fire that I was almost like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just keep doing what you're doing, young fellas. And I think that was the proper response to how, how hot they started. Now, the, the question becomes, now that things have gotten off kilter a bit, right? Their calibration is a, is a little, little, little off. What is the necessary change? And, and I think the necessary change is, is actually kind of simple. And it's similar to what I was looking for from the football team, right? Most of the football season, I was saying, we need a hierarchy. We need a hierarchy of playmakers, you need a number one option. You need a number two option. You need a number three option. And and not to, you know, rank everybody and make the ones that are are the sixth and seventh option feel bad, but but it would the reason I was saying that was because you need to know who needs to get their targets, right? If this past season Damon Hazelton was number one, Trey Turner was number two, uh Dalton Keene was number three, James Mitchell was number four, Tavion Robinson was number five. Well, however that order is, Hezekiah Grimsley number six. And I don't know what that order was. Um, but whatever it is, you need to know, all right, number one, Hazelton needs to get eight targets. Number two, Turner needs to get six targets. Number like there needs to be um, kind of checklist to make sure you're getting your best playmakers the ball. You can't finish the game and go, oh gosh, our top two guys only had three targets. That's not using your resources as well as you could. So looking at this basketball team, I need the hierarchy to maybe be shifted just a tad. Just a tad. And it's not a negative to the guys that I'm pushing down the hierarchy. It's just a, a really an acknowledgement that some of the guys who started at the bottom have earned their way up. Um, I need Tyrese Radford and Jalen Cohn to be, at the very least, two and three. Right? If Nolly's number one, and I'm fine with that, and I don't think he's done anything to fall down that list, Radford has to be number two. I believe Jalen Cohn has to be number three. And I and I need P.J. Horn to go a little bit further down. His... I mean, he started off the season playing really well, shooting a lot of threes, making a lot of threes, but since then he's gone ice cold. I just need him to go a little bit further down until he gets his shooting stroke back. Nolly, Radford, Cone are the creators. They're the, the nucleus that that offense moves around. So in the hierarchy, I need them to get their opportunities. And even if Jalen Cone is playing fewer minutes than the others off the bench, when he's on the floor, he needs to be that Jamal Crawford. He needs to be that Lou Williams. He needs to be that Manu Ginobili. For the old-timers, he needs to be that John Hondo Havlicek off the bench, that sixth man that when he comes into the game becomes the centerpiece of the offense to give the first guys a little bit of a break. Right, That, that microwave oven. You don't got to warm him up. There's no preheating necessary. He's ready to heat up the moment he steps on the floor. Those three guys, to me, have to be the number one, number two, and number three on the hierarchy, which means at the end of the game, you can't look at the score sheet and go, did Jalen Kona only have two three-point attempts? He, he might be the best percentage shooter in the country. Did he have two 
three-point attempts? Did Tyrese Radford only have the opportunity to drive to the bucket four times? Did Landers Nolly only have plays worked out for him by the, by his teammates, two-man game, screen set, things like that a few times? Like, you can't let that happen. But once the hierarchy is set, it needs to be an in-game priority to make those plays that they excel at happen more often. That's what I need to see out of out of this Virginia Tech basketball team. It is a small, eensy-weensy, teeny-weeny little tweak, but I need to see something changed because right now their calibration is off, right? Lost three games, lost four of the last five. The only game they've won out of the last five is a double overtime victory over North Carolina. We need to see them get back on track and, and you know, make a few changes, a change here or there until that that they get back on track. And I don't think that is too ridiculous of a request. It's the first time this season I've called for a change to anything other than just keep listening to Mike Young. And I still say just keep listening to Mike Young. I just hope that Mike Young is saying the things that I'm saying here. I still say I'm driving the Mike Young bandwagon. I still say I like the future of this team. I still say the arrow is pointed up for Hokie basketball. And I say, let's make a change here or two. I don't think any of that is outlandish. Let's take a break. When we come back, we have the top five to start the next hour. Next.